So today I'm talking to a local foster carer. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I've been, um, a, I was a foster carer for 10 years uh, within the local North Dorset community and then we adopted two boys that came to stay with us after two years of them staying with us. The process of adoption took us two years even though we were foster carers to start with. So, okay. yes. And how many children have you fostered over We've your 10 years? We've fostered 13 altogether and they have been children within the local community. So the furthest afield was a girl from Bournemouth, but it is usually within the North Dorset region to keep them in school yeah, locally. Um, were you a long-term, what were you classed as? Was it long-term foster carer or a bit mm. of everything? Um, <laughs> we were classed as long-term. Yeah. But we did, I think they call it short breaks now. We used to call it respite. But respite, yeah, yeah, I know what but you're saying. I think it's termed as short breaks now. Okay, so when you had space, you could you would go take whoever's mm, sort of... No, because you get to know the other foster carers within the community, even if you didn't have space, you would still take... If they needed a break, you would still be asked okay. to take short breaks. So we have had times when children have had to share bedrooms which on paperwork is not right but actually that does happen but there's not enough places for them things that i've heard is that they, there's calls at eight nine o'clock at night oh, yeah. because there's just these children without anywhere that's like emergency placements yeah. you mean yeah, yeah we've had those and yeah. they just come with like whatever they've got on and you have to supply everything and what support, like ongoing support, as a foster carer, did you have? So obviously you start, if we start from the beginning, so you start as a foster carer, you do, well, you do your, training. your training, which, can you just tell me a bit about what you get taught, if you could, um, obviously, what you yeah. remember. I, I, it's a I long know. time ago. <laughs> um, I think that we, what did we get taught? Uh, actually, it was another local foster carer that taught us. Okay. She's been in the fostering for, like, 30 or 40 years. And I think that that itself's good because I think having that lived experience they can they can teach it better can't they you're they, not they can and there was a social worker too which oh, supported her yeah. um, but it was very basic as in they prepared you for being really negative to dealing with really problematic children okay and we felt that we were a bit rosy coloured glasses and like, why is this so negative? And, but we carried a lot, carried on. And I think the foster care training took us about six months to, yeah, about six months. And then you have to go to panel yeah. and be passed. Yeah, you, then you go to panel and you, you're passed. And I think on the panel, there was about 10 people and they were it's like two from, two people from normal walk life. And then others from other services, you know, some social yeah. services, some like CAMs. And then you wait, here you've passed. Okay. I mean, the fo actual foster care training and the foster care process, everything was investigated, like our bank statements, yeah. our mortgage company, um, parents. So they went right in Yeah, depth, my, yeah. I've been, I was married before, so they even contacted my ex-husband to see what kind of parent I was. Yeah, the, so it's a very in-depth uh, process. Very, very, and which, if you're not... Which is brilliant. It is very, because you have to be 100% yeah. not... But it could also put someone off. I guess. Yeah, that's the thing. Because I've had friends that wanted to do it and they're like, wow, they it's so long and intense. But at the same time, you want it to be long and intense yeah. because at least, you know, and I always say to people that want to do it, just be truthful. Just tell the truth the whole way through. Yeah. Don't let them find anything. 
and then you'll be fine. Do you think the amount of time they put into finding out how you are and the the safe like safety behind coming a foster carer do do they go that in depth in teaching you about the challenges you may face the the trauma they've been through how to deal with these behaviors do you get enough of that i feel to be truthful the intense investigation into you i feel needs to be done yeah but there isn't much training around the behaviours you'll come across. There is a slight touch on it. Again, this might have changed within the years because it was a long time ago, but I feel that you're not prepared. You're not prepared and there is extreme behaviours. So I I think that some people still view foster care as in the past, years and years ago, when you were a single mum, the child wouldn't go into foster care. It would just not, the child wouldn't necessarily have any trauma or, but now it's the majority of how had such a traumatic life that the children you're going to be foster caring it's not going to be all rosy and it it could be really challenging I think every child that's going to go into the foster care system it is going to have either trauma yeah or attachment yeah or yeah it's not just going to be a child now now yeah the criteria is so high for that child to to go into foster care you cannot say there's i i wouldn't like to be a foster carer now yeah because the children how can you you put a child within a home without that person knowing how to how to help that's what foster carers don't do it for they want to help they They want to do that but they can't fully help a child if they're not given the resources to do that and the experiences they've been through these behaviors and these challenging behaviors it's all a way of communicating but actually how are you taught to deal with those behaviors are you allowed to take their phones away are you allowed to are you allowed to parent them or is there are you not taught no i feel that this is what i was saying earlier about newly qualified foster carers be given teenage because the thing is is with teenage children that are been brought up in a so-called healthy family are still having issues, but children that have the added thing of trauma and then placed into these these foster carers that want to do the best best in the world for them, but are not supported with the, the knowledge that they should have. But then I think with the knowledge, if they had that knowledge, they wouldn't do it because they'd be put off. Yeah. Has that answered your question? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. But also I think if they were to increase that and, and someone that, uh, the friend I was talking about who's gone into foster caring, they, they learn about attachment. They learn about these, what, what could be the reasons, but without knowing what behaviour is going to be displayed... You're just setting these children up for a fall. The amount of placements they're being moved yeah. around, and then but they still expect them to behave in a certain in a certain way. Um, and if children were living at home in a in a stable family, there's boundaries. Um, but I just don't feel like anyone's putting the boundaries in because they're well, just you're being not moved. supported with the boundaries you're not allowed to parent these children because officially you are not their parent yeah and this is what's so difficult i mean i can talk about some negative behaviors that we and the outcome that we got from social services yeah. if you want me to yes, if that's so, okay. yeah that'd be amazing okay so there was this instant um well, i had two children that were teenage and, and they were not related 
So they decided, one of them had been stealing cigarettes because at the time my husband smoked. Yeah. Um, and they'd been stealing cigarettes and stuff like that. So anyway, this day we knew they'd been stealing. So we sort of said, you know, come on, yeah. really, you're not old enough to smoke. We don't want you smoking. It's, yeah. It is your choice, but don't steal from us yeah. because, you know, you get an allowance um and everything like that if you can manage to get them yeah you know basically and don't but smoke not from us yeah, not from us we're yeah. not supplying you and actually you don't smoke on our property which was a really another issue because social service said that, that if they smoked even though underage they should be allowed to smoke in the garden and i said no i'm sorry mm. but i'm not i had small children yeah. and i said i'm not showing my children it's bad enough my husband smokes yeah which he I mean, he gave up very shortly after that and he's never smoked again. But there was that boundary and I was like, no, I'm sorry. And they're like, well, it's their home. And I'm like, well, the thing is, though, it is their home, but they're still... And they're they're not even 16, I think, the age was then. I don't know what the age is now. I don't know. You've got to buy them at 18, 18, haven't you? Um, And I said, no, there's no way. So they really didn't support me with that. And they sort of did that in front of the child, which actually undermined me, undermined yeah. me straight away. When actually they should be putting things in yeah. place to stop yeah. that from happening. So that was that. And then this very similar time with the same two children, they didn't come home at night okay. and it got to it got to about one o'clock in the morning and of course I had to then call the police because being looked after children yeah and they told me they were in Yeovil so you know that's quite a distance from us so yeah. I said well if you can't get the train back I want you to get a train back or however you got there you get back and you know it was in the week so they had school and that the next day and they basically said no. So anyway, then it ended up, the police found them and they were in Gillingham. So the police brought them back at four o'clock in the morning. Wow. And one of them was really abusive to the police officer. And I mean, the police officer knew us well because we'd had lots of, yeah. you know, incidents. Anyway, the police officer said to me, she has been very verbal and I am going to arrest her. Okay. And I said... Wow. How old was she? Uh, she was... 15, 16. Um, the other one was would usually have been very verbal, but actually must have been tired and went in and went to bed. So, you know. Uh, anyway, so I said, no, no, don't worry. I'll take her off your hands and we will sort this out. So anyway, she came in. He said, are you sure? Call me if you need us. Yeah. You know, we had him on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... she, I got her in and there was... She wanted a last cigarette, which is was you know, very antagonising at, like, half past four in the morning. Yeah, I mean, you just want to go to bed. Yeah, because I had to be up at six. So I was like, no, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. I want you in and you go straight to bed. You You don't disturb. It's enough. And she turned around and she punched me in the face. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, she knew she'd overstepped the mark. She disappeared and she went to bed, right? So the next morning, I phoned up social services, got hold of my social worker, and I told him what the incident had happened. And he said, basically, did he, do I think I antagonised the situation? By not letting her have a cigarette at four o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And I said, no, I don't think so. And he said, why didn't you just let her have that final cigarette? I said, because it was half past four in the morning and I had to be up at six and I'd been chasing around after her all night and I'd had enough. 
So it's, and I was human, they, yeah. and I was, I'd had enough, yeah. and I meant to parent these children, so actually my child, I would be absolutely, yeah. I thought I was quite calm. My child, oh, that's I would impressive. Have, yeah, shit would have hit the fan. Yeah. Whereas actually, I had no leeway, and he didn't back me. And I said to him, "Where were you at four o'clock in the morning?" So it's like they don't want to see the behaviour as their fault because then they've got to deal with it. So it's like they like to pass the buck. Like, well, Absolutely. what could you have, have done, done differently? Yeah. When actually, these these children. Their, their way of behaving is a way of them trying to say that there's something wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, there's, but the social workers are looking at it as, well, you must have done something to wind them up. I wasn't a therapeutic placement at that time. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously, so my level of... As what's I, a, sorry, what's a therapeutic placement? Well, a therapeutic placement is when a child is placed with you and you do therapeutic work with them oh. probably really old school now oh, I'm, I'm a therapeutic placement for okay. um the boys I have which means because of the qualifications I've got I can do like um therapeutic work with them but not on a like you know like a high standard but yeah. like talk but you're aware of it yeah and is I that can... something that's offered to all foster carers or did you go and do that yourself um no i i i did it through um social care actually because i've got a health and social care qualification um so they paid for me to do it yeah it was on offer at the time so i took it up took me two years um, of extra training and extra study and then obviously i went on to work for dorset county council in and bernardo's in two different roles and then carried on from there doing my health and social care qualification it's amazing that something like that's not offered straight away isn't it like that's the kind of but do you know what i don't know if it's even offered now as in yeah. like you know and also we had to do this book and i can't remember what this book was called but it was like a thick book i should have brought it with me <laughs> and show you i can yeah. always drop it round yeah, and show you fine. because then every foster carer had to do this book oh okay and it was sort of like, oh, we'd been a foster carer for five years and then it was introduced, you have to do this book. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, well, I've got my health social care qualification. They're like, yeah, but it's not this book. Oh, so it's like the Bible for foster care. In a way, <laughs> you do get that as well. Yeah, you do I'll... get the foster care Bible. <laughs> okay. I, would you like to look at them? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'll see yeah. if I can find them out for you and I'll, oh, I'll pop you. them by your door. But oh, you have a good you. look through yeah. and see what you think. And also came a foster carer's manual you get. Oh, which is you laugh at it now (laughs) (laughs) so what these behaviors that you've seen in your home how did how many of the children were in education or were doing well in education or was that another None. none none um the thing is is that um some of them you have to really fight as a foster carer you have to really fight to have because you are not um you're not asked to educate the child yeah and as you know education has to be um sorry is that uh, what book's that what are those books oh no okay Um. (laughs) what's the bottom one Oh no, okay. <laughs> um, 
Edu- with the thing is with education and, and a child, you're not you're asked to have a child in education so that you get not only that break, but that is a not something that comes under your criteria. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because really you are the stability, you yeah. are the nurturing and yeah. the I always sort of class it as you're the home bit. Yeah. School is the school bit. Yeah. You like to work together. Yeah. But actually, they're two separate. You, I mean, you know, like when your children come home, when my natural children come home from school. Yeah. I'm always interested in their education. Yeah. But I don't claim to be intelligent. Yeah. Do you know what I you're mean? not claiming to be their teacher. No. Yeah. I am their mum. Yeah. And within a foster carer setting, I am the the care provider at that time yeah um i do chat with school and we do talk about issues but i'm not going to sit down and get and do lessons with them because for one they're probably brighter than me (laughs) but do you know what i mean and i probably wouldn't teach it right but i'm not i'm not going into that territory because that's not what they need they don't need a teacher at home they need someone that will nurture them yeah so i'm not saying that the behaviors that they do display at school is not I I I used to always say well that's not on you don't do that but you know I do let them deal with that yeah um because you have to have that partition yeah for a child um and I can't remember what you asked me what does so how it affected how you feel like being in care sort of affected their ability to well there's lots of different centers about yeah. isn't there and I think they by law they have to be in education by 18 now isn't it Into 2A 18 yeah. and 18 19 yeah. or whatever so there is always places that they can go yeah. but it is not like normal school hours okay so it was always very erratic so to work I did work full-time as well yeah so there was times when I but I would never leave them on their own at my house so they always had to have some kind of community support worker with them. So were they ever? Were many of them ever in mainstream school, or was it? They've all gone through mainstream school. Okay. Um, and they've all not ended up at mainstream school because of behaviours. Yeah, because of behaviours, and you know, school with the best will in the world, especially one local one, um, claim to have like. Um, I think they've got a bit different now, what the, what support they've got in. But they claimed that they had, you know, therapeutic workers. Yeah. And then they would say to me, you know, for one example, um, we would like to do some therapeutic work. And I said, I'm really concerned about that because it, I, I don't want to diss them. But actually what you're going to uncover, I do not feel you, you would be able to handle. Yeah, they're not, schools just aren't, with all the will in the world, they're not trained enough, which they should be, to understand and I mean, to manage behaviours. They've not got much people. understanding of any child on the spectrum anyway, but children with trauma, Yeah, and they would say, oh yeah, but Mrs. So-and-so, she's done like level two, da-da-da-da, and yeah. she's, she's very good. And I'd be like, yeah, but she's not, I'm not, and she probably is for like... 500 of your children yeah but these children need that if you start to unpick yeah and they start to trust and you the amount of the amount of things they've been through yeah it's already such a high percentage that 
the outcomes that they have, they're going to have a lot of these low outcomes in life. And for me, as much as they do in high school, maybe 10 years after a lot of this has all happened or however many years yeah. after they've been through this, it's it's like a drop in the ocean. There's no... Do you know any of the children you've had in foster care that have had a good amount of support to deal with what they've been through? No, and I find with schools, especially secondary, they all think that they know best. Yeah. And again, you are just the per just the parent. Yeah. And actually, it's really difficult because with this child in particular, they pushed and pushed for her to have this low level intervention. Yeah. And I said, uh, it's not going to work. You're gonna you're gonna ruin it because actually she was doing okay at school. She was turning up and she was, yeah. you know, and she was doing okay. Um. But if schools weren't offering, if, if schools can't, aren't trained to give that level of support, but obviously she's been through a lot that the school feel like she needs it, who then offers it to her? Does well, it, it would get... have to be referred to CAMS, wouldn't yeah. it? And what's your experience with... Um, I've had a lot of, lot of help from CAMS. Yeah. Um, but it's, they're underfunded. Yeah. I mean, the position I was in like for working other than being a foster carer I was a parent support, support advisor so I had a lot of knowledge not only did I have a lot of trauma knowledge yeah. but I was qualified to go in to people's houses yeah. and give advice and support to parents that I get I guess a lot of foster carers don't don't have that behind them no and yeah. it was a different I mean I worked yeah. for Bernardo's as well yeah. so it was two different I was working a different hat yeah so I would go in and the families would be referred to me yeah and they would be low level they would be like very low level sort of um needs okay so that was fine with me I could go in and they could talk to me and we could try and put in a few different routines or try they could you know I would offer classes where they'd all parents meet up and they'd all chat you know sometimes Help it's better each other out of it, yeah. it would be better talking to par- other parents you yeah. don't need someone coming in and go oh you're doing that wrong you're doing sometimes that wrong sometimes just talking about it is, is yeah so that's what i created all in gillingham we had we had groups all over the place yeah and they were being really good i delivered the incredible years the webster yeah. stratton program um then it was um God, there was another low-level program I delivered, uh, Triple P, which was, you know, there was all these services involved. And it actually created a really good network for parents because mum from St Mary's might know something more than mum from Wyke. Yeah. So, you know, it was a really good support. They cut all the funding. Yeah. So now things are, are slipping because, you know, they would, CAMs would be more available for the parents that of extreme behaviours. Mm. But now, you know, they have to go through all the referrals of, like, low-level need. Or yeah. those parents don't get the support. Yeah. But, with but there's parents, nothing else. There's nothing yeah. else. There's nothing yeah. else at all. Mm. And, and I found a lot of children in foster care, it's being put to CAMS, and if they're not in a stable yeah. placement, they won't see them um and for me i think 
whatever stage you come in, however you're presenting in care, that support needs to be in from the very beginning. And I think even giving them the chance to talk, to to have someone to trust to talk about yeah. that would make such a huge difference going forward. And and being able to talk to someone that's the same person because the likelihood that they stay with the same foster care and have the same social worker is slim. Wow. So, but to have someone that they could talk to about it would at least have the potential to help their behaviours going through their time in foster care. Well, they're angry and they, they're sad. And, you know, could you imagine being ripped out of whatever kind of dysfunctional house you live in to go in to live with strangers in the best will in the world a lot of the foster carers always do think it's rosy and you know I remember a, a, a lad that I looked after he said to me the thing is with you is is that you care too much and I said well what what do you mean and he said you just care too much and they don't he, expect it he, he couldn't explain he thought as I we broke it down, he thought that he wasn't worth that care. And that, I mean, I took it that I could be too over-nurturing. It was too much for him. Mm. I had to read his signs, you know. Yeah. The, I find that a lot of them, where they've had that rejection such a lot in their life or the, the trauma they faced, before anything breaks down, they break it down. Yeah, yeah. So it's as like soon self-sabotage. As, yeah, mm. because they think this has happened before. Yeah. And no one's teaching them how to build on relationships instead of letting them just move well, to the next foster carer. The, the, the school used to put things in place, but it's so low level. That's what I'm saying. It's not... It's not enough. It's not enough. Now, and, and this girl... So anyway, this girl had had therapy with them. Yeah. And... Because she didn't know it was low level and yeah. she'd built up trust with this person. She told them everything, absolutely wow. everything. And of course then they officially couldn't work with her because it was, out, above, their, it was yeah. above their level, which is what I'd been saying to them. And then from then she'd self-sabotaged that school because she felt they'd let, them da- her, let her down. Yeah. It was yet another rejection. And like she's told them personal really information. stuff. And then they've gone... Sorry, you're too much. Yeah, you're too much. I can't look after you. And her school placement broke down. And it absolutely, it just kicked her off big time. And in the end, you know, we had to move her because she was, I had to then think about my children. And and she was a beautiful girl. And I'm still in contact with them now. Oh, I'm in contact with every foster child I've had. And that's the beauty of Facebook. Because you, yeah, that's one can, good thing about social media. Yeah, yeah, they can be in your life, but you keep them, you know, it's... it's yeah. Because we've had, I mean, I could tell you extreme behaviours that we've had from every teenage child that we've looked after because they are in such trauma. And have any of them ever had the support getting um, older or does it... Well... I mean, I've had one girl, um, she was from a really dysfunctional family that, again, you know, when they come into foster care, the parents can see them three times a week, can't they? I don't know if that's still law now. 
Oh, okay. Visitation is three times a week, it is, from the parents. I don't know if it's the same. I guess it depends what they're mm. under or if it's... Well, it used to be if it was sort of like... If it was neglect, I mean, it would all have to be supervised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ladies that supervise it also have to let them have their own like they're only supervising they're yeah. not interaction yeah, yeah you yeah. know and unless it's like massive dangers but that is i find is a real massive because you're there it's undoing all that you're trying yeah. to do and and it's such a lot for them so they're not at home they're in a new foster yeah. placement they're hopefully they tr- obviously try and stay in the same school trying to deal with everything whether in their head whether they're staying where they are what's going to happen if they're seeing their mum or dad that week and then it's just spirals and then like you said the behaviors you have to see. pick up the aftermath of it yeah. all and yeah, it's yeah. like you know say it's a monday wednesday and friday yeah so by Tuesday, you're starting to make ground. This girl that I used to look after, again, very local, she would actually, it would, we didn't quite know how it was working because it was really hard. We used to think it was exercise she would used to do. Yeah. Because we're quite an active family. Okay. We always had a big trampoline outside and yeah. there was always stuff to do at our house. Um, but she would go out and have dinner. Yeah. And then she would bounce for hours on the trampoline and we used to think it was a way of not controlling her weight but we used to think it was a way of her controlling her stress oh okay and then at the age of 11 she was so thin she was anorexic but nobody would listen to me nobody would listen to me and until she was 12 because legally children can't be diagnosed as anorexic until they're 12. Do you think that when you get to know these children and you do find things out do you think you're listened to as in no. you're like a professional because you no. are you're you're working no no and you know that as yeah. a parent yeah you never listen yeah. to you never actually it's always when I was working in that field I would always say, well, the parents know them best because they're their child, yeah. you know, and they live with them 24-7. They... And did they ever ring you and ask you how they're getting on or is there anything you've spoken to them about or just yeah. to try and... Oh, yeah, you get your visits. I yeah. think there was... was Is it... I mean, again, changed now probably. Once every two weeks they would have to visit. Mm. But sometimes a couple of social workers would ring and use that as a visit yeah that's i think that happens quite yeah yeah. which actually that's not a visit no that's a telephone conversation but when the going was hard i mean when this girl when i when she got to 12 i took her to the hospital and they weighed her and they did her bmi and she was so underweight she wasn't developing she wasn't going you know she wasn't moving forward as she should do. She yeah. had stopped that because she was so scared of growing up. Um, because this is what she'd seen. Yeah. And she had um, one brother that actually then came to live with us and another sister that was local, all in foster care. Um, and she was admitted to, to Dorchester Hospital for three months. Wow. For three months and she you was... Hadn't, and no one had listened to you? Nobody had listened to me. And when the, the hospital said... We need to have her in. She was then, I had a bag in the boot, she didn't know. I had a bag in the boot and they took her in then and they didn't let her out for three months. 
I visited her every day and then and then they said to me we have to use this as a reward for her and I was like no I'm her stability yeah I would lie on her bed as she was throwing up or whatever because obviously she couldn't exercise so she had to get rid of it somehow else so yeah. she would throw up. Yeah. And I said, and they'd let her parents in. And I'd say, you know, social services would say, oh, yeah, but mum and dad have their rights and they can come and visit her. And I'd be like, but it's so destructive. Just let her get better. I am let led her. on the bed. I'm not saying that. And sometimes she would just lie there and the parents would fuss around her. And she would, obviously, she'd zoned out. Yeah. She didn't want it. The even whole situation was, was all too much And then they her. said to me, you can't come every day. And I was like, I'm sorry, but... She's in my care and I have to treat... If it was my own child, I would be here every day. So I used to go between school runs. I used to drive all the way to Dorchester. You know how far that is from here. And then be back for my own children at school run. But then you weren't... They weren't looking at you in the same way as As, as her parents. parents, Which is what you're Yeah, they were seeing it that I was a reward... So that that she had to earn that reward by not being sick. That's awful. And then you she wouldn't stop your parent coming to see you. And then that. she came home and she then became um, a child out of school. So she stayed at home with me. Yeah. Again, she was allowed to see her parents three times a week, even though this is massively destructive behaviour. She wasn't. Was there, was there potential for her to go back to them? No. 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 So it was just. Mm. God. And then um, her brother came to live with us. Oh. Um, his placement, I think mum still had him, but was still under social services heavily. And anyway, he came and lived with us in the end. In... And I bet that made a difference. Does it? It did, but was it a good difference? Okay. Not quite sure. Not All quite right. sure. But anyway, she then had, um, I again, I think it was part of the CAMS team, but they were based in Paul by yeah. the hospital yeah. then. And I had support and she had support weekly in Gillingham. And um That's good. Yeah, it was really good. Mm. It was really good. And they put It's a shame it's got to get to the extreme, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes she wouldn't engage and she'd be led in bed and you know, but, especially if it had been after she, contact. But knowing for her that someone wants to help and it's a regular thing and I think that's yeah. It's the structure, isn't it? And the thing is, is that actually she never, ever admitted that she was an- had anorexia until years later she actually put it on Facebook because she'd got pregnant. She'd met somebody and he was older than her, or he is older than her. Yeah. He already had a family. I think his wife died and she took on his children, which were young at the time, um... And she got pregnant by him. But she was really pleased that she... She really wanted a child, but she was really pleased because she'd managed to put on enough weight to be able to conceive. Conceive, yeah. So, so it's, it's, yeah. Her, it's like a success. And then um, she got into... After she had the baby, I think the baby's about six now, and she's been this outstanding mum for her ability. She's, yeah. She loves these children. And I think this man has been so good for her and and that's amazing yeah yeah and she's only had one she she said that she didn't think she would go on to have more because not because of the weight or anything like that but it all in all she had three yeah and you know and it's like, amazing psychologically when you do hear these these good outcomes mm. um but it just shows what <clears throat> how it could go the completely yeah. opposite way because of the trauma because of her having this eating disorder and the anorexia 
Um, she then left education. It could have all gone, which you yeah. see see quite a, a lot. lot. It's very common, isn't it? It is, definitely. I find that mainstream schools, especially the one that's locally, I've not had a foster child that is actually completed and I've had 13 go through there. Yeah, I think uh, it's just that support, isn't it, with the, what they've been through and um, how to channel their, their emotions, isn't it, and how to deal with their emotions. Um, because if they knew how to deal, deal with them, they would be, have the ability to be able to concentrate yeah. and to go to school and to be heard without being yeah. heard in such a challenging way yeah they i mean every behind every child's behavior there's a there's a reason isn't yeah. there i mean that's what they say especially within the care system yeah and know. a lot of them i think such a high percentage of children looked after children have sen needs but they and they think it's behavior but a lot of the time it's it, it well, is because of that but there are extra needs well the lads well. that one of the lads i've got it, it my son i should say but um i have to be very careful but he's got some very very bizarre behaviors yeah due to attachment oh okay and what's happened is when i became involved with this family it was it was with the parent support advisor role even though i was a foster carer they hadn't come under my they'd come over under my radar from social services in a in a different county yeah yeah yeah. so they came to me they moved here and they came to me social services did and said can you pick up this family yeah anyway so i visited and i went with my manager we went to visit together and it was horrendous really really bad now i mean in my role i'd visited low level families like were low level needs so you know they presented differently to this family anyway it was very very awful anyway i went away and it was the first time i cried ever i cried and i and she said to me she said honestly she said it it, it is bad but we need to make a referral back so anyway so that's what we did we referred back um Anyway, cut a long story short, it went through the system. Mum couldn't protect the children because something else came out about dad and she wanted to stay with dad. But uh, she wasn't yeah. a protective factor. Yeah. So then Nan decided to step up. Nan couldn't cope. Okay. They had about 17 services involved with the older one, but the younger one they thought was no issues. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nan couldn't cope. So mum and dad were meant to come on one of my courses. Oh, okay. As I was delivering this course, I was the social services were ringing and I was like, oh, you know, took the call in the break. Oh, uh, asking you to Hi Donna, we got two boys. Um, don't know if you've heard of the family. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're meant to be on my course and they're not here. Do you have any room for... And they were under... Then it was they were under five. I said, well, I have to speak to my husband. I I went home and I said, oh, look, these two boys, you know, I told you about them when I went to that family and this is the family. And I'm sorry, but we we are going to have to have those boys. And he said, oh, I don't really fancy going back to nappies. And I yeah, said, that's a jump, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I said, well... I can't not. I can't not, <laughs> yeah. we'll just deal with it. So I said yes. And then we had to, because they were needing to come in, but we had to, because they were legally under the law of bunk beds. Oh, OK. We had to turf my daughter out of her bedroom, put her in the bunk beds, which she said, yeah, Mum, that's fine. You know, absolutely oh, fine. Oh, that's fine. Because they had to be five to go in the top bunk bed. Bunk bed. Oh, OK. 
So anyway, we transformed the room really quickly. It was yeah. like, all, all hands on deck. Everybody was quite happy about it. And then the two boys turned up. We literally, they were gobsmacked when they turned up because they were so thin and oh. neglected and dirty and didn't have anything that fitted and, uh, you know. Yeah. And um, and they've been with you ever since? Yeah. And yeah. is that when you stopped foster caring? We went through, yeah, obviously we were foster care for two years for them. Yeah. And then we decided, got all this evidence, because, you know, as a foster care, you have to keep a diary. Yeah. So we'd got all this evidence. But as we put ourselves forward to be their adopted parents, they wouldn't use any of the evidence. Oh, why? Because apparently we could be biased. So why do you write a diary? Well, exactly. But luckily, the nursery had loads of evidence. That's and um, everybody, we made sure that everybody was documenting everything all yeah. the time, as boring as it is, please, yeah. anything, you know. so important. Yeah, and it was, you know, they were severely behind, severely underweight. But we had to go through adoptive, adoptive parent training and were there yeah for six months God. we had to do training lots of people on the course obviously didn't have children and yeah. i'm going to be a mum of five <laughs> so yeah. and also i'd so it's a bit like sucking eggs oh well, it, was, yeah. it was a totally waste of time it was yeah. box ticking it, that's it isn't it a lot of it is you know it was ridiculous because we had to do this the court couldn't go ahead so it was another six months of them going in three times a week so it's like another like another process yeah when they know you've had them yeah they've lived with you all they had to and do we is couldn't... look to see how they've got on in the last two years yeah if they've trusted you for two years yeah. <laughs> you've done nothing to yeah it's just more money isn't it as well and also Someone... going on training with people that weren't parents was really difficult for me and lee yeah. because we didn't want to be like you know these poor people haven't ever been parents and they've been trying for years yeah. and you know here am i sat we we just shut yeah. up didn't say anything yeah well i'm so glad it all worked out yeah still and with you. yeah but that, i mean they've got cam's involvement now big time which is brilliant once you're mm. in it's just well, I've had in... to go through, when you adopt, you go through Aspire. So it's like an adoption agency. Yeah. And they've been very good. Oh, so great. we have social services back involved, but in a different capacity to be able to work with us now. Do you get more support now they're adopted than when they were in uh, Yeah, care? there is. I mean, we had quite a lot. We made sure we had it all built in. We wanted easy access to everything. Again, it's yeah. very changed probably now. Yeah. They paid me for that. But I had it... We had that put in yeah. from when we adopted them. Well, but thank you so much right. for being on the podcast. It was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. And I just thank you for coming on. I think it's so important to have everyone's voice in all the different areas. Yeah, I hope it wasn't too negative. No, no, no. It, it's you know, there brilliant. is a lot of benefits to being a foster carer, but you do have to have a sense of humour and... Um, you know, you do have to have a sense of humour. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs>